This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. The NTL Now podcast is also brought to you by Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, Max Driving Academy, Jimmy's Park Hotel, Mansfield University, and Thompson Sports and Apparel. Now let's join the host of NTL Now, here's Shane Wilbur. Welcome back, folks, to another edition of the NTL Now podcast this week. Shane Wilbur, glad to be with you, albeit a busy week in NTL sports coverage. Still able to get a podcast out here earlier in the week, as it is definitely going to be a really busy week for me on the broadcast side of things. Have wrestling matches, basketball games, rivalry action coming up this week. I'm telling you, it is going to be uh, absolutely crazy. Some of the things coming up here uh, later on in the week. Going to have the Tawanda Wyalusing wrestling match on the horizon. That's coming up over the weekend. Canton Troy wrestling later this week. Canton Troy basketball on the horizon this week. And of course, uh, also a big matchup in uh, NTL hoops as well. Uh, North Penn Mansfield and Troy uh, still a possibility on the docket as well, weather permitting and who knows what else uh, on the horizon too. But uh, for the most part, yes, definitely a busy week on the broadcast side, but definitely wanted to take some time and and get the NTL Now podcast out this week as well. Uh, a couple of quick notes here before we really dive into uh, the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. I uh, want to take some time and uh, quickly congratulate uh, Northeast Bradford senior Maisie Newber. Maisie uh, recently adding herself to the 1,000-point club uh, for the Lady Panthers, so congratulations uh, going out to Maisie Newber on uh, her career accomplishment. Big uh, congratulations to her and, of course, uh, the Lady Panthers right now sitting atop the NTL small school division as uh, the Lady Panthers right now, I think, with nine wins already out of the gate this year. So uh, definitely a big part of uh, the Lady Panthers' success there. Uh, and one other thing uh, also to pass along here this week, I uh, want to encourage you uh, to go join my buddy Mitch Rupert this week as well. Uh, Mitch and I actually had uh, the opportunity to sit down uh, a few hours ago uh, actually into uh, the the late evening hours of Monday. Well, not late evening, but uh, still evening hours of Monday. And uh, he actually invited me to come join him on the District 4 podcast uh, for wrestling uh, via PA Power Wrestling and, of course, uh, with Rockfin as well. So if you have the opportunity uh, to have a subscription already to Rockfin and can take some time to uh, sit down and enjoy the District 4 wrestling podcast, I encourage you to do that as well. And, of course, a uh, big thanks uh, to Mitch and, of course, uh, the folks from PA Power Wrestling as well for uh, all they do uh, as far as wrestling goes and uh, for inviting me on there this week. So definitely go and uh, check that out if you're interested uh, for more wrestling talk this week too. All right, let's get into what this week is going to consist of, shall we? We've got a lot of wrestling talk coming up uh, with some duels to recap from last week. Also, the New Oxford Invitational from last week as well. Uh, some previews on what's to come this week uh, as far as duels go. So we've got a lot of wrestling talk coming up here in just a little while, but also we're going to dive into some basketball talk as well. Uh, very excited to have Williamson Lady Warriors head coach Marissa Allen. She's going to be a part of the podcast this week. First time talking with her and uh, excited to talk to uh, a coach who's in the process of building up a small school program. The Lady Warriors right now uh, starting to enjoy a little bit of success, uh, starting to enjoy you know some of the, uh, I guess, rewards of all the hard work they've put in. So definitely excited to have uh, Coach Allen uh, on the podcast this week as well. We'll talk with her coming up here in just a little while as well. And of course, we'll finish off this week's podcast uh, talking with North Penn Mansfield's Kipper Burley as the Tigers enjoying some success here in the early start of the basketball season. Of course, uh, you know, with his son Brody Burley, of course, Carson Dominic on that squad and many others as well. Uh, they've really become uh, one of those bright spots in the NTL basketball realm here in the early part of the season and always enjoy 
enjoy uh, sitting down with head coach Burley, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to see him and uh, the Tigers uh, on the docket this week uh, against the Troy Trojans. So definitely looking forward to that matchup uh, in the NTL large school matches uh, coming up here this week too. So uh, as I said, we've got a lot on the horizon this week to talk about. We're going to start it off with some NTL wrestling talk. So folks, come back and enjoy. We'll do that after this quick timeout right here on the NTL Now podcast. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might have thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Thompson Sports and Apparel in Canton is your one-stop shop for clothing and apparel. Whether it's t-shirts, hats, sweatpants, sweatshirts, jewelry, or blankets, they can personalize or customize just about anything. If your school, club, or sports league is planning a fundraiser, call Thompson Sports and Apparel and see how they can help at 570-673-3655. That's Thompson Sports and Apparel in Canton. Open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5, and Saturdays 9 to 1. Welcome back this week on the NTL Now podcast, and it is time to dive into some high school wrestling uh, from not only this past weekend, but uh, also kind of a look at what is to come this week, uh, not only on the radio side, but also uh, just with some wrestling duels in general here this week, too. Uh, I want to start with last weekend's New Oxford tournament uh, this past Saturday. The NTL was definitely well represented at this tournament as wrestlers from Athens, Canton, and Troy were all on hand for this one. Came home with uh, three champions out of the weekend. Congratulations to Gavin Bradley of Athens, who was also uh, elected outstanding wrestler of the Invitational. Uh, Caden Setzer, his teammate, comes away uh, with the 132-pound title. And Canton's Riley Parker with a nice bounce-back weekend for him at New Oxford as he claims the 189-pound title there. Parker last weekend, not really the showing I think he was looking for out at Midwood mayhem so to see him bounce back and claim the new Oxford tournament title this weekend uh, that was huge not only uh, for him record wise but also I think uh, for a confidence boost as well uh, to kind of get him going here towards this end of the season stretch run so yes definitely uh, congratulations again to all of our champions Gavin Bradley and Caden Setzer of Athens and Riley Parker of Canton however we did have some other place winners down at New Oxford so let's go back through take a look at some of the final standings from this past weekend. We'll start with the 106-pound weight class. Uh, congratulations to Troy's Connor Kerr. Connor Kerr, like I said, he's been one of those uh, really solid 106-pounders this season for the Trojans. Uh, a nice fifth-place finish here for him. Uh, looking forward to uh, a matchup with him and uh, Lyle Vermilia coming up uh, later on in a duel this week uh, when the Trojans come to take on Canton. I think that's going to be a nice little scrappy battle of 106 pounders uh, coming up here uh, at this uh, week's duel uh, coming up later on this week. Now to the 113 pound bracket where of course Gavin Bradley was the champion there from Athens. Cohen Landis a nice finish for the Warriors as he will bring home a third place finish there. Caleb Schwink for Troy comes home with the sixth place finish at 113 pounds. Let's go to 120 pounds from this past weekend uh, down at uh, New Oxford and Kenyon Slater from Troy brings home the seventh place finish at 120 pounds. Slater, uh, you know, kind of slotted somewhere in that 120, 126 uh, kind of uh, battle. Good to see him get down and come home uh, with the 120 pound seventh place finish. Uh, down at New Oxford. On to 126 pounds here at the uh, New Oxford Invitational. Looks like uh, Holden Ward for the Warriors. Uh, the first of three Ward brothers to place here at the tournament this weekend. Holden Ward comes home with the sixth place finish at 126 pounds. We keep you going through the brackets as we will go to 132 pounds where Caden Setzer, as I said, from Athens comes home with the tournament 
tournament title. Uh, he defeated Lane Schladel of Line Mountain. So uh, a nice little District 4 battle there. Actually, the three top place winners here uh, at 132 pounds, all District 4 kids. Sets are, of course, from Athens, Shadel from Line Mountain, and Seth Seymour from Troy comes home with the third-place finish uh, at 132 pounds. Let's go on to 138 pounds uh, for the uh, tournament, and at 138 pounds for the Northern Tier League, Hudson Ward of Canton comes home uh, with the 138-pound fourth-place finish uh, down at New Oxford. Actually, a District 4 kid, two District 4 kids uh, wind up in the top two spots as Meadowbrook Christian's Cade Wernsberger uh, defeats Mason Leshick from Line Mountain uh, in the uh, tournament finals. Wernsberger earns the 4 nothing win uh, in the finals there. But yes, congratulations to Hudson Ward coming home with the fourth place finish at 138 pounds. Let's keep the bracket going on to 145 pounds here at the tournament where it is Canton's Bailey Ferguson. A nice win for him this weekend. He comes back with a third place finish here at 145 pounds and Jacob Hinman of Troy. Now this kid's going to be one I think to uh, kind of keep an eye on. I think this uh, Ferguson-Hinman matchup uh, as well coming up this week uh, when Troy and Canton lock up in a duel that one could be something that uh, you know would be something to keep your eye on. Hinman, of course, uh, earlier this season lost a tough battle to Jacob Courtney uh, earlier this season when uh, the Trojans wrestled Athens. And for Hinman to have a great showing here at New Oxford, you know, I, I think he's just kind of getting better as the season's going on. So yes, definitely looking forward to a potential Ferguson Hinman matchup coming up later this week uh, in the Canton Troy duel. Onward we go, 152 pounds, where it is the third and final Ward brother from Canton as Hayden Ward uh, comes away with the third place finish, but fellow NTLer comes home with a runner-up in Carter Rood from Athens, so congratulations to Carter Rood as he comes home with the runner-up spot. He was defeated by Andrew Christie of Bishop McDevitt, Christie winning in the uh, finals 12-1 over Carter Rood, but yes, uh, both Rood and Ward uh, bringing home uh, some great uh, showings there. And then also uh, down in eighth place, Jaden Renzo of Troy uh, with a top eight finish at New Oxford as well. So good to see the NTL represent uh, well there in the 152-pound class. Let's go to 160 pounds from this past weekend where the Northern Tier League was represented by Brennan Taylor. Taylor comes home with a fifth-place finish uh, at 160 pounds. William Steele of Troy comes home with the eighth place finish so again uh, another uh, good solid showing there Taylor and Steele potentially uh, the two we will see maybe coming up uh, this weekend or this week rather in the Canton Troy duel so good to see you know how uh, these guys are performing uh, in these certain weight classes all right, onward to 172 pounds from this past weekend. And, of course, at 172 pounds, we have nobody from the NTL. So 172, a little bit of a uh, gauntlet, I guess you could say, for the Northern Tier League boys. So nobody here at 172. But that takes us forward now to our third champion from the weekend as Canton's Riley Parker wins the tournament uh, at 189 pounds. He gets the fall in 244 uh, over Cade Werner from Bishop McDevitt. Other good finishers here, Mason Woodward of Troy with a fourth place finish at 189 pounds. So uh, a first and a fourth for the Northern Tier League. Parker and Woodward potentially looking at a potential showdown coming up uh, on Thursday as well. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, we're kind of setting up some matches here uh, for this upcoming duel here with Canton and Troy later on this week. All right, on to 215 pounds where Gage Pepper of Canton comes away with a sixth place finish Caleb Nason of Athens with a seventh place finish uh, overall here uh, a great weekend uh, you know for uh, the Athens Wildcats as a team you know getting guys in there and uh, getting some places as Canton as well coming home with a lot of place finishers too but yes Pepper and uh, Nason uh, coming away with the sixth and seventh place finishes at 215 pounds and that now takes us to 285 pounds where the Northern Tier League uh, saw Mason Nelson of Canton. He comes away with a third place finish and Josh Nittinger of Athens 
comes away with the sixth place finish. So Nelson and Nittinger, uh, after a uh, tough matchup these two had this past week uh, before Nelson would eventually come away with the pin. Uh, good to see those two guys have a great showing this weekend down at New Oxford as well. Into the team points, it was the Canton Warriors who would finish second to Bishop McDevitt. McDevitt would knock up uh, 219 team points. Canton would come away in second, as I said, with 180. Troy would finish in a tie for seventh with Biglerville at 111 points, and Athens would claim 10th spot uh, with 107. So overall, you know, a pretty decent weekend, I think, there for the Northern Tier League down at New Oxford. Again, uh, congratulations to all the grapplers on uh, their place finishes this weekend and definitely uh, looking forward to seeing, you know, these guys back in action in some Northern Tier League duels here coming up this week. Uh, speaking of a Northern Tier League duel, I, uh, you know, kind of got surprised on Saturday. I had a buddy of mine text me and uh, ask me if I was at uh, a my losing duel this past weekend and uh, unfortunately I was not as I had some other commitments uh, on Saturday uh, you know family wise and such but uh, the why losing Rams uh, with a duel with Benton this past weekend and uh, unfortunately uh, I was kind of late to the party on that one but for why losing uh, two wins last week uh, they had a duel with Troy and uh, a duel with Benton uh, over this past weekend. Now, of course, last Tuesday, I was at the uh, Canton-Athens duel, and Wyalusing and Troy wrestled over in Wyalusing. So let's quickly go through and uh, check out the results from the Wyalusing and Troy duel. Uh, that matchup starting at 189 pounds. Uh, Troy's Mason Woodward gets the first win of the night uh, as they start at 189. So Woodward picking up a pin over Alex Hunsinger. Nicholas Woodruff for Wyalusing continues his strong start to the year. Big pin uh, over Daniel Samuels uh, to notch up that that duel at six apiece through two matches. At 285 pounds, Zachary Fenton gets the forfeit, so Wyalusing takes the 12-6 lead. Connor Kerr, another great win for him this past week as he downs Evan Johnson with a fall to notch things up at 12 uh, for the Trojans. Clayton Carr uh, with the win at 113 pounds for Wyalusing as he pins Caleb Schwenk in 523. Uh, Caleb Robinson for Troy takes the forfeit at 120 pounds. Aiden Hunsinger, another solid 126-pounder here in the Northern Tier League, continues his solid year so far as he pins Kenyon Slater in 148, giving Wyalusing the 24-18 lead there. Seth Seymour for Troy with a major decision win over Cade McMicken 12-1, giving uh, or bringing Troy rather back to within 24-22. However, at uh, 138 pounds, Owen Hadlock for the Wyalusing Rams comes away with a big fall over Peyton Bellows in 122 to make the match 30-22. Troy then would get back-to-back -back wins at 145 and 152. Jacob Hinman, hey, you know, like I said, Hinman's having a great year so far, I think, for Troy there. In the middle of the lineup, he gets a big win over Skyler Manahan 4-2, brings the match up back to 30-25. Jaden Renzo then defeats Hunter Manahan at 152 pounds, seven to nothing. And at that point, uh, the duel is 30-28, uh, Wyalusing leading with two matches to go, and it would be Wyalusing who would get the final two wins by fall as Jordan Lamb would pin William Steele at 160 and 237. Brian Arnold uh, pins Lacey Hinman at 172 in 132 to pick up the win there uh, for the Wyalusing Rams. So the Rams get a win over Troy on Tuesday night. Now, of course, they would have to come back and get ready for action again uh, on Saturday as the Rams uh, would host potential uh, District 4 favorite right now the Benton Tigers, uh, if you haven't seen Benton so far, has been on uh, quite a tear here in District 4, uh, downing Southern Columbia this past week and Montgomery in back-to-back -back duels. And uh, for Benton then to add Wyalusing here as the capper from the weekend, I mean, this has been quite the week 
for the Benton Tigers. Now, this matchup with Wyalusing and Benton would start at 113 pounds. Clayton Carr gets the forfeit there to get Wyalusing out to the lead at 120 pounds. Cole Rooker for Benton gets a forfeit to make it uh, a 6-6 win, uh, or 6-6 tie, rather, uh, after the two bouts there. Now, Benton goes on a little bit of a tear here at 126 pounds. Dylan Granahan with a 7-2 decision over Aiden Hunsinger. Still, not a bad 7-2 loss there for Hunsinger. That's a good learning matchup for him. I think uh, you know that's going to go a long way into shaping his season here uh, the rest of the way. Ethan Kolb for Benton at 132 pounds. He pins Cade McMicken in 133. Benton out to a 15-6 lead. And then at 138 pounds, Caden Temple pins Owen Hadlock uh, in 322. Benton now out to the 21-6 lead. At 145 pounds, Skyler Manahan with a nice bounce back win at 145. He wins 7-0 over Remington Morrow to make it a 21-9 duel. At 152, Evan Brokenshire decisions Hunter Manahan 7-3. Benton's now out to a 24-9 lead uh, basically at the turn. At 160 pounds, Jordan Lamb with another nice win for Wyalusing, his second of the week as he pins Nicholas Stevens in 113 to make the duel 24-15 as we had five bouts remaining in this one. And after that, uh, pretty much Benton would take control as Benton would win four of the final five bouts, including a pin by Nolan Lear of Brian Arnold. Nolan Lear, uh, he is uh, a man on a mission this year uh, for the Tigers. Uh, the senior, I think, looking for a state championship this year as he wins in 46 seconds over Arnold to put it basically out of reach at 30-15. to 15. Jacob Baberski then would pin Alex Hunsinger at 189 in 5.52 to make it 36-15. Nick Woodruff for Wyalusing gets a forfeit victory at 2.15. Uh, there the duel is at 36-21 and then uh, at 2.85 and 106, uh, Andrew Wolf and Seth Kolb for Benton uh, come home with pins over over Zachary Fenton and Evan Johnson. So the Benton Tigers finished the week 3-0. Three quality duels there for the Tigers. But for Wyalusing, you know, I think to get Benton on their schedule, get that kind of a team uh, coming in and, uh, you know, seeing that type of matchup here uh, as the regular season's winding down, getting closer to district duels, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, so I think that would be uh, great uh, for the uh, upcoming uh, season here for the Wyalusing Rams. So definitely uh, looking forward uh, to a great weekend uh, of that uh, for the uh, you know Rams and such as we head into uh, this week for uh, NTL uh, wrestling duels as well. So looking at the dual schedule uh, this week, uh, some really nice matchups on the horizon this week. Uh, you've got Athens and Wyalusing uh, coming up on Tuesday night as well as Canton and Tawanda. Later on this week, uh, Canton will be hosting Troy. And then on Saturday, it's the rivalry matchup with Tawanda and Wyalusing. So, I mean, uh, you know, taking some time to really dive into some of these matchups. I mean, holy cow. I can't imagine, you know, what uh, some of these scores could potentially be uh, coming up on Tuesday. I mean, you've got a very uh, quality Athens lineup, uh, one that, you know, if Jacob Courtney's in the middle of that lineup, uh, really helps kind of balance things out. I mean, that could really help Athens uh, potentially pose some matchup problems for Wyalusing. Now, for Wyalusing, I mean, uh, I think right now it's just a a matter of who's going to step up and be that second hammer uh, for the uh, Wyalusing Rams. I mean, Nick Woodruff, I think, is somebody who you can pretty much uh, pencil in as, you know, a, a given for bonus points on any given night uh, for the Rams. Aiden Hunsinger at 126, you know, he's had a great year as well uh, for the Rams so far. But I, I think, you know, uh, after Woodruff and Hunsinger, you know, and uh, I think they're just kind of looking for, you know, maybe that uh, third bonus point guy. You know, who else can really step in here and really uh, help catapult the Rams? But, you know, I, I think, you know, that's going to be a very tight duel all the way. I mean, you can look at it uh, from the bottom where I think, uh, you know, Athens with Gavin Bradley down there kind of neutralizes some of the points why Lucing's gotten at the bottom. Caden Setzer now really coming into his own in his senior year uh, really helps point or uh, 
That really helps, uh, you know, give Athens uh, a pretty uh, legit uh, shot there in the middleweights as well. Of course, you add in Jacob Courtney in there, Carter Rude with a great finish at 152. You know, I, I just, wow, this is going to be, you know, something to be uh, kind of watching on uh, Tuesday night. I'll be definitely trying to follow uh, some of the updates and uh, hopefully I'll have somebody uh, there to be able to keep me updated on it because, uh, you know, I just, I, I think these two teams match up very well. I think it's going to be a matter of uh, what team is able to, uh, you know, contain bonus points. I think if Wyalusing lets Athens, uh, you know, get to, get to them in the middle of that lineup, which is where I think both teams' strengths are, uh, minus Woodruff at the top, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Athens could uh, maybe swing this in their favor. But, you know, I mean, there, there's looking like a lot of swing matches in that duel as well. I mean, could we, uh, you know, see a uh, Skyler Manahan big win at 145? Can Hunter Manahan somehow, uh, you know, kind of uh, keep Athens at bay uh, there in the middle of the lineup as well? I mean, will, will Carter Root come out with a big fall? Sets or, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy to think of all this uh, possibility here uh, for this week's uh, duel with Athens and Wyalusing. Now, of course, Canton and Tawanda as well. They're on the horizon for Tuesday night too. Tawanda, of course, really doing a, a wonderful job this year as well. Uh, you know, they got a win over Troy earlier this season. This is going to be, I think, a big duel for them as they're going to kind of look to come in uh, to Canton on Tuesday night and try and make a statement, you know, for Tawanda. They've had great seasons so far at O'Reilly Vanderpool at 138 pounds. Bryant Green, of course, as well, uh, up in the 160-172 range. He's been having a very good year, too, uh, for the Tawanda Black Knights. And now I think, uh, if you know, for Coach Sexton and uh, company there in Tawanda, it's just a matter of uh, what will, uh, you know, Tawanda do to be able to create matchups that might work uh, in their favor because while Canton has not had you know really the, uh, the the bonus point guys this year I mean they've gotten a fall here a fall there I don't really know if there's like one guy in that lineup who you can say uh, for Canton who's going to go out and just get an automatic pin you know I, I think they're going to be you know maybe the major decision victories uh, maybe a tech fall victory here and there but, you know, for the most part, I think uh, for Tawanda, it's going to be uh, maybe a little harder uh, for them to uh, keep the Warriors, you know, from getting those uh, decisions, you know, because Canton's got just a very quality lineup. So I think, you know, overall, uh, what's been very good and some great bright spots so far uh, for Canton is, you know, they're just very well balanced all the way through the lineup. I mean, Vermilia and Landis at the bottom really set uh, a nice, uh, you know, tempo there at the bottom. Obviously, uh, Ward, Ferguson, and Ward through uh, 138, 45, and 52 really helps set the tone for the middle. And then, of course, uh, you know, up top when you've got Parker, Nelson, and Pepper, I mean, that just really, uh, you know, helps kind of round it out as well. And then, of course, you know, you've got other quality wrestlers in that lineup too, uh, you know, with Holden Ward at 26, uh, West Nesky uh, or Sakers at 32. Uh, Levi Pepper's been solid this year for the Warriors as well as Brennan Taylor uh, at 160 and 172. So, I mean, uh, it's just going to be a matter of uh, can Tawanda somehow win some of these uh, swing matches that you're going to see. And I really do think, you know, that, uh, you know, Canton's going to get their points, you know, out of their heavy hitters. You know, Ferguson's probably going to get his win. Parker, uh, Hayden Ward, you know, those three, I think, are guys that Canton's really uh, leaned on to, you know, definitely make sure that those guys are going to be the ones that get wins. You know, Tawanda's probably going to get wins out of Vanderpool and Green. But, uh, you know, you just don't know. Actually, 138 with Vanderpool. Vanderpool, I don't know. I mean, he's going to get a battle out of Hudson Ward. Will Coach Sexton even want to match up uh, Vanderpool on Ward? Maybe he wants to bump him up. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be something fun to see. And I, for one, can't wait to see this duel go down Tuesday night in Canton. Now, another one I'm going to get to witness on Thursday will be the rivalry match with Canton and Troy. You know, for uh, this matchup, you know, like I said earlier, I think the match I'm definitely looking forward to is Lyle Vermilia and Connor Kerr, the 106 pounders uh, going at it. Both kids this year have been very scrappy. Vermilia, of course, just a freshman. Uh, Connor Kerr, a sophomore for the Trojans, but in his first year of varsity experience, uh, I've seen both guys in action. I just, I think this one's going to be a battle. I think these two guys are going to be the exact reason why you want to keep the little guy in wrestling. I think this matchup is going to be a lot of fun uh, going towards, uh, you know, the uh, kind of the outcome, I guess I should say, of this one coming up on Thursday 
night as well. Uh, some other great matchups here uh, in the middle of this one. You know, as I was saying earlier, Bailey Ferguson of Canton, Jacob Hinman of Troy. Ferguson, you know, he, he seems to have that extra gear when he needs it. And Hinman this year, you know, he's just been wrestling so solid. Like, I don't think uh, people have really gotten the opportunity to really see just how good uh, this kid has been. I mean, his attitude's been great. Uh, all he's done is go out and just wrestle solid matches all year. Is he, is he the most explosive? No. Is he going to hit you, you know, with uh, big moves from time to time? Probably not. But, I mean, the kid goes out. He gives you everything he's got uh, for a six-minute match. And, uh, you know, so far this year, I'm glad to see the effort has been rewarded as uh, both of these guys, I think, will have enough gas in the tank to give us a three-period thriller uh, coming up on Thursday. So, yes, look forward to that Ferguson-Hinman matchup uh, coming up uh, at 145 on Thursday. And then, uh, of course, you know, after looking at the uh, New Oxford results, uh, looking forward to uh, potentially seeing a Riley Parker-Mason Woodward matchup coming up uh, on Thursday night as well. Those guys at 189 pounds uh, definitely uh, having a great year uh, for both of them. You know, Mason Woodward, as I said, I thought uh, was going to be one of those guys to really keep an eye on this year. I think he was really getting ready uh, to take a next step uh, as last year was winding down for him, and now he's done nothing to really disprove that. Uh, here uh, coming into this season so far. And of course, uh, you know, with his finish last weekend at New Oxford, Parker, of course, uh, claiming the championship at New Oxford. This right here looks to be uh, a battle of the Bulls, I guess you could say, here at 189 pounds. So a nice rivalry matchup here for us coming up on Thursday. Also on the rivalry side, we go to Saturday, Tawanda and Wyloosing. Oh boy, the gym is always electric when these two teams get together. Uh, looking forward uh, to another good one here, of course, as I said, you know, a big week uh, on the horizon here for Wyalusing. You know, a matchup uh, with Athens coming up on Tuesday. And then, of course, you got to bounce back, face your rival on Saturday. I mean, that's, uh, you know, some quality uh, duels here late in the season. Of course, district duels right around the corner as well. That's definitely uh, coming up on the horizon, too. And uh, looking forward to seeing Tawanda and Wyalusing uh, go at it uh, as well here uh, later on uh, in the week. Uh, that should be a great show showdown coming up on uh, Saturday night. I mean, uh, you're looking at what? Uh, probably a Bryant-Green uh, matchup in there, uh, you know, against uh, potentially, what, Joe Lamb or, uh, you know, Brian Arnold in the mix there as well. I mean, who, who knows where uh, Green will be wrestling? He's been at 60 or 72 here uh, throughout the year, so I mean, you got that type of uh, matchup in there. You've got, uh, what, Riley Vanderpool in there at 138 against uh, potentially, what, Cade McMicken, I think. So, I mean, there's uh, some quality matchups in there as well and you know I just you know I just think overall the whole atmosphere of this event uh, will be great you know both teams know that they're battling for district duels positioning and I think that alone will help add uh, some new flavor and uh, some sizzle to this one I mean I know it's rivalry night I know it's Tawanda I know it's why losing but still you know when you can add a little more uh, sizzle to the stake you know for uh, the potential of uh, you know maybe uh, leaping one or the other uh, for district duels positioning. I think that definitely helps go uh, a long way as well. So, yes, looking forward again, as I said, to some great duels this week. Now, radio-wise, I'll have you covered Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Uh, like I said, uh, I'll have Canton-Tawanda on Tuesday, Canton-Troy on Thursday, and then over to Wyalusing on Saturday night for their big rivalry matchup uh, with the Tawanda Black Knights. So, yes, definitely catch all those matchups on Wiggle 100. Now, of course, uh, as more recording of this podcast has gone on. Uh, we've learned that uh, Athens and Wyalusing unfortunately uh, was postponed so hopefully uh, we'll get a chance to make that duel up here uh, within the next week or two and maybe even be able to get that one on the radio because I think that one's going to be absolutely fantastic and also uh, another duel that uh, will possibly shape out uh, some of the standings uh, for District 4 duels coming up but uh, that right there is going to be uh, a wait and see factor. However, uh, again uh, big thanks to all of you for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, some fun wrestling recaps here but it's time now to dive into some basketball talk. That's right, we're going to do that and we'll start it off with some girls basketball talk. We've got head coach Marissa Allen from the Williamson Lady Warriors. She's up next after these messages right here on the NTL Now podcast. Endless Mountain Brace Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountain's Brace Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. 
Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy. You've got the newly permitted teenage driver in the family, but the patience to teach them just isn't there. That's why you call Max Driving Academy in Canton. Max Driving Academy will make sure your teenage driver is ready to be the safest driver on the road. That's Max Driving Academy. Call Tim McIninch today, 570-404-7815. Or for more information, visit MaxDrivingAcademy.com or like Max Driving Academy on Facebook. That's Max Driving Academy, Canton. All right, welcome back here, folks, on the NTL Now podcast this week. It gives me great pleasure to welcome in the Lady Warriors coach from Williamson, making her first appearance here on the podcast. Let's welcome in head coach Marissa Allen. Coach Allen, thank you so much for taking some time this week. Hey, thank you so much for having me. All right, Coach. So, you know, before we really dive into the team and the season here with the Lady Warriors, let's talk about you and your basketball background here. And, uh, you know, uh, did you have some playing days in uh, in your career before uh, actually diving into the coaching realm? I did. I um, I actually grew up and I went to high school in Philadelphia and then I signed at Mansfield and played for four years at the university, um, stuck around and got hired at Northern Tioga and here I am. Now, what was it that really made you want to get into coaching? Um, you know, I always knew it was something I wanted to get into. Um, I love the game. Um, I actually got started started in junior high volleyball. I played volleyball in high school, and then I made the jump to basketball uh, with Corey Mosier in 2011 when Elkland was closed and we consolidated with Williamson. So you take over for Coach Mosier uh, a few years back, and now you are the head of the program. Uh, what were you know some of the things you really wanted to instill to make this program your own? Getting us stronger all around, um, especially in the off season. Um, getting these girls to buy into the fact that we have to put in the time outside of the season if we want to get better. Um, I don't think they realize there's not a whole lot of time once the season gets uh, rolling around that we, if we really want to get better, we have to put in the time in the weight room, in the gym, in the summers, even in the spring, uh, trying to get stronger, quicker, um, and just more all around basketball oriented. Um, and I've been very fortunate the last couple of years to have a couple, to have a larger group of players really buy into that. That's been nice. But I think that's the most important thing is getting them understanding that um, you can't just show up in November and expect to be successful. It doesn't work that way. If we want to be a successful team, you have to put in the time outside of the regular season. You know, you kind of touch on it uh, with the whole numbers thing. Uh, do you find it, you know, being at a small school, you know, as a head coach, do you put a lot of emphasis to your players? You know, we don't have the, the depth, the numbers like some of these larger schools do. We kind of have to maybe work like a little extra harder just to make sure, you know, we're able to uh, compete at a higher level. I, you know, I really do. And um, the last two seasons, we actually weren't able to have a JV team, which was a bit of a, a detriment to our program just because we weren't really able to build. Um, so I really tried to stress that with them and make the girls understand if we want to compete with some of these bigger schools, we have to do the work. We have to do more work than they're doing. And you know what? It really kind of lit a fire under a bunch of them. Uh, it, even this season with volleyball and junior high basketball getting moved back into the fall, that late fall season, um, getting gym time was difficult. And they out of the tongue in cheek, I said, well, if you want, we can always come in in the morning, not anticipating them saying, what? We can come in in the morning? Well, can we shower? Yeah, like we could be here at six. So we started doing open gyms before school in the fall um, so that the girls could still have volleyball in the afternoons and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so they really started to buy into that. And the big thing was, I'm like, how many other schools do you think are doing this? Like, this is what we need to do to get better and to be successful. And they did it. <laughs> All right, so now let's tap into the 2021-22 season. You know, off-season time, you know, you just kind of touched on a little bit. Uh, you've got the season around the corner. Uh, what were some things you were, you know, really liking coming into this year about your squad? Um, their tenacity and their 
they're very, very coachable. Um, they understand that there's stuff that they still need to learn and they want to step up and they want to be successful. So they're willing to do the extra work and willing to put in the time outside the court to make themselves better all around athletes and basketball players. So they love to come to me and say, well, I saw on film that so-and-so does this a lot. It's like, well, Hey, I, I actually missed that, you know, good pickup. Um, so that's what I'm excited about. So dissect the first half of the season for me so far. I know there's still about probably, uh, you know, a half, maybe three quarters uh, of the season left. I yeah, mean, you're still, still about three quarters. Yep, yep. You're still into that early part of the season here. Uh, what is it you like so far here in the early going? What are some things, you know, you're seeing at, okay, these are some things we're definitely going to have to improve upon if we're going to make a uh, late season run here. What I am actually really liking is the fact that we're not quitting. Um, you know, our, we had a tough loss against Northeast Bradford um, here just recently. But it, in the past, teams that I've had sometimes would have just quit and said, okay, you're up by 20, we're done. Um, and we could have just gotten on the bus at halftime and Northeast wouldn't have known. Um, but this year, the, the girls aren't quitting. Um, so when they're down against some of those much stronger teams, they're still going to fight. We have to do the fundamental can't have 29 turnovers in a game and expect to beat anybody. Um, so we've got to take care of the ball and have to be fundamentally sound, um, and getting them to understand that is a big deal. Um, you know, and once, and that's, I have to go back to film again, but sometimes they don't believe me until they see it and they're like, Oh yeah, that's, that's not good. No guys, it's really not good. You know, this is the thing. These are the things that we need to fix. We need to hone in on those fundamentals. Um, to be more successful. So you see this team in practice every day. I mean, what is it in your opinion that uh, when this team plays its best, what does it look like out on the floor? They're in sync. They they flow together. They have nice passes and they talk. When they communicate with each other and they're, they're vocal with each other, um, especially on the defensive end of the floor, good things happen. Um when they shut down and stop communicating with each other, that's when things tend to fall apart for them. Um, but watching them on the floor and watching them communicate with each other, um, that's when you know they're clicking. Um, and it's, it's really pretty cool to see and to watch them work together, you know, and just speak and talk and tell each other what's going on. And, um, you know, especially with defensive rotations and things like that. Um, that's huge. It's, it's, neat to watch them play like that what do you tell your girls uh as far as you know the, the season that they have in front of them what's left I mean what is your you know coaching message to uh really you know keep them and their spirits up and uh, believing you know that uh this season's far from over and we still have you know some big runs in us you know the big thing is especially when we go up against some of those stronger tougher teams um I've kind of played the underhand or the underdog card a little bit you know, Williamson at this point is still looked at as an underdog, you know, and we won some big games last year. Um, but I think they appreciate that and they want to shock people. They want to surprise people. Um, they want to take, they want to catch some teams back on their heels. Um, and they have that drive and that desire um, to do that. Uh, at the same time, I am very honest with my girls. I don't beat around the bush. Um but I let them know, you know, where my expectations are and what I believe that they are capable of. Um, and some of them really are receptive to that. Some still don't believe that they're capable of it. Um, I still have some players that we have more, like our, as a coaching staff, have more confidence in than they do um, in themselves. Um, so just continuing to push and letting them know that they can do these things that we're asking them to do. And especially since we do have so much season left, is learning from our mistakes, um, getting through this adversity and these hard, more challenging games so that we can compete with the teams that are more on our level and pull out some wins against teams that don't expect it from us. Um, and and they see it. Like when they're successful, they see it and they feel it. Um, and just getting them to believe in themselves is a huge part of that battle. 
I, I think, you know, that that's something else that is very underrated as far as coaching goes. And, and it doesn't matter, you know, what the sport is, is coaching is just as much, you know, a, a mental game as far as, you know, relating to your players as it is, you know, just trying to uh, get them to perform, you know, whether it be on the court, the field or whatever. So, right. I mean, now, you know, with, with the transition now of having a little success, uh, are, are you finding that, you know, that mental challenge is there, you know, uh, with, you know, the whole belief? Leaf process as you just kind of touched on you know I think for me that's been the hardest part of coaching this season because um, I have some girls who came into the season with some pretty high expectations of themselves um, and of the team so and when we had a couple of these close losses it, it's a mental game trying to build them back up and say hey listen we're still in this like you guys do realize we're we're not even halfway through the season yet um, and trying to get them to click mentally um, and have that confidence in themselves that I see in them because I see them at practice. I see what they are capable of and getting them to believe in themselves as well. That's been one of the bigger challenges for me as a coach this year um, is that mental aspect and working on um, that as well as leadership and what do we need to do to bounce back from these mistakes? You know, we can't just hang our heads. You know, we're not going to hang our heads and pout about it. You know, we're going to go out and we're going to try even harder next game. And that's where I need these girls to get to get to that point where, you know, we may have just lost the Northeast and, you know, lost a close one to CV, but we get them again. You know, let's let's come back and be more prepared and let's play cleaner next time. Let's not have as many turnovers um, in order for us to be successful. And I think if I can get them to, to buy into that and to believe in that they can do it, we will be successful. You talk about, you know, finding some of that leadership, some uh, players to come in and help change the culture uh, yes. of Williamson basketball. Uh, go ahead, you know, uh, kind of uh, promote some of your players out there who are, you know, really <laughs> responsible for, uh, you know, helping to change this culture that, uh, yep. you know, you've got going on over there. I think a huge part of it, um, and I know, well, and I'm going to go uh, to a coach here, but um, Coach Schmidt, and I worked very hard with these volleyball and basketball players. Um, a lot of them play two sports. Um, so we worked a ton in the off season, getting them and especially girls like I have, you know, Taylor Ray Jones as a prime example, um, you know, two sport athlete, getting her, you know, and she's like, I'm in a sophomore slump coach. I'm like, listen, you're fine. You can do this. Have some confidence in yourself. Um, but sometimes, you know, she and I have to sit back and remember, you know what? You are just a sophomore. Um, and, and as good as you can be, you know, you can just get better. We got to keep putting in this work. And, and she's the one. Um, she's a big part of, I think, turning this around and being a leader and getting other girls involved, um, saying, hey, why don't you come play, 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 play basketball? You put in all this time with us, you know, in the summer. Come play. Um, you know, and I think that's how I was able to pull in. Uh, Gracie Stevens, who this year is a junior um, and just coming back um, to basketball after a, a two-year break, um, but has stepped in for us and played a major role um, as a leader on the floor, um, especially just as far as communicating. And then I have, um, you know, Lena Lewis, who has been with us for a while, and also bringing in a really large freshman class has been a, a huge help as well. And these freshmen, these ninth graders showed up to everything. Anything that I offered like last spring as when they were in eighth grade um, through the summer and even in the fall, they were the primary ones who were the showing up at 6 a.m. Like they were getting their parents up and saying, hey, can you take me to school, you know, for basketball at 6 a.m. And they're showing up. And I think as a, a budding program, that's huge. That's what we need is those younger players who are buying in. Um, so they're starting to build that foundation. Um, and our junior high girls this year saw that. And I think that's just going to help us in the future. Talking with head coach Marissa Allen from the Williamson Lady Warriors this week on the NTL Now podcast. Now, coach, you've been around this uh, Northern Tier League for a long time now. I mean, it, does it seem like this league seems to go in crazy cycles <laughs> where, like, you have the, the dominating teams to the west. Now, all of a sudden, we've cycled back to the east. And it just seems like a matter of time again before we're going to go uh, full circle again here. I mean, is it is it kind of seem that way to you as a coach who's been around for 
for a while? <laughs> yes, I have rode this wave. And that's what I try to explain to my girls. Um, and I've seen it happen. Like I, when I first started, you know, it was all in the West. You had that, the strong Mansfield, Wellsboro, even like throw us in there back when we had like Lori Horton and Cheyenne Jones and Kim Doherty. You know, we had the, the West was, was pretty strong. Um, and then it, we just cycled down and now you have all these East teams, you know, and it's been like this for seven years. I've watched it go back and forth and back and forth. Um, and I try to explain to my girls that it, it's quite interesting. Like you said, I have been around here now for a while. Um, so I can almost tell you which teams are, you know, going to be losing people. And I know which teams are gaining. Um, so I do try to explain that to my girls that, you know, we are on the uptick, like we're, we're starting to ride up on that wave. Um, you know, we don't have any real upperclassmen. You know, I have no seniors. I'm not losing anyone this year. Um, I will be bringing everybody back next year and then adding more. Whereas I know there are some other teams who will be losing some of their key players um, and trying to get them to understand that this is just the way it goes and it cycles. It's definitely pretty interesting to see. Um, but it's cool to like it's cool to see too, um, and it's definitely neat to see other teams who don't normally get recognized, um, you know, start to rise up and start to get stronger. Especially over here on our side, I really think we do have a lot of younger programs um, that are in the process of building. So I really think in the next year or two, things will start to swing back to the west. Coach, you know, um, I'm, I'm definitely curious. Uh, you know, sometimes it, it's hard to be a, a coach, but yet not, uh, you know, a fan as well. Like, and I feel like yes. coaches, no matter what, find themselves just kind of, you know, watching opposing players and thinking, man, that player is just a lot of fun to watch. So, yeah. you know, I'm just curious for you, you know, you get to watch these girls' teams night in, night out. Is there, you know, a, a few girls around the league who you just, you know, kind of sit back and say, man, I'm going to miss watching this girl when yeah. she graduates? Um, I think, you know, after watching Maisie, Maisie Newber just tear us apart for the last four years, um, she's one that I am hands down going to miss playing um, just because she is a competitor. Um, but, you know, and she's just an all around good basketball player and athlete. And she doesn't have to open her mouth. She doesn't have to, you know, taunt anybody or anything like that. And she just comes, she shows up, she does what she needs to do, you know, and then scores her thousand points in four minutes. (laughs) So she's one that I am definitely um, going to miss when she graduates. All right, coach. So, I mean, we've pretty much uh, covered a lot about, uh, you know, some of your uh, favorite players, some of your expectations of this team and uh, a lot of great uh, things about girls basketball. Now, uh, I'll get you out of here on this one this week, coach, Uh, for everything to fall right for Williamson for, you know, this kind of second half of the season stretch, string some wins together, get everything, you know, back on maybe a a positive role here. What's got to happen for this Lady Warriors squad here in this second? half of the season in the second half my girls have to show up then they have to show up every single day um for practice for games they need to buy in a hundred percent to what we are asking them to do if they do that they will be successful um and that means showing up ready to go every day you know being sometimes even being early like if i'm starting at 320 if you can get in the gym at 315 you know get there do that form shooting, do those little things that we might not always have time to get to every single day and being fundamentally sound. Um, I told him the other day, if we can do the simple things savagely well, we will be tough to beat. Um, And that's what they need to focus on doing those simple things really well and they will be successful. So if they can show up, every day and do the simple things, I really think they'll start to feel that change. Um, And now's the time that it needs to happen. Um, I'm really hoping over this little bit of a a hiatus that we've had um, with the snow and the weather um, that they'll be hungry and ready to go here for the rest of the season. Speaking of successful, Coach Marissa Allen, a very successful podcast debut for you. Have to, uh, again, uh, thank you for taking some time this week. And, uh, again, congratulations on uh, a pretty solid seven-year run with the building of this program. And uh, good luck to you and the Lady Warriors the rest of the way this year. And uh, many good successes for you here as you help build this program. Yes. Thank you so much. 
The best way to find the right college for you is to experience campus in person. Visit Mansfield University and see why students choose to live and learn on our beautiful campus. Surrounded by endless adventure, meet the faculty and current students. Connect with your personal admissions representative and tour campus, including our on-campus residence halls, named top 10 best dorms in the country. Schedule your visit today at mansfield.edu slash visit. Sports seasons mean late nights, and that means late arrivals home and nobody wants to cook. That means it's time to call Jimmy's Park Hotel in Canton and get those orders in early to have them hot and ready when you get home. Call Jimmy's Park Hotel in Canton for delivery, 570-673-8777. Whether you want appetizers, pizza, strombolis, or more, call Jimmy's Park Hotel, 570-673-8777, or like them on Facebook. Time to talk some NTL boys basketball action and always a great one to sit down with. We talk now with the head coach of the North Penn Mansfield Tigers, Kipper Burley, join us this week on the podcast. Kipper, always glad to uh, sit down and catch up with some basketball talk with you, my friend. Thanks, Shane. Appreciate you reaching out. It's a pleasure. Kipper, you know, uh, take me back here to the beginning of, you know, uh, summer workouts and such coming into this season. Obviously, the Tigers off to a pretty solid start this year so far. I mean, you saw the summer workouts. I mean, did you pretty much uh, have kind of a, a keen eye thinking that, you know, this Tigers team could be something special this year? Yeah, we had some success over the summer. It was a great opportunity to play. I know when we beat Watkins Glen, it kind of gr grabbed my attention. They're having a great season up there. I've got a lot of guys interested in getting better, so that's that's a that's a big part of it right there. You know, obviously, uh, development, as you said, uh, a big part uh, of your program, and it just seems like you know, uh, development has kind of been, I, I think, a theme uh, throughout your entire reign uh, over this Mansfield program because somehow, some way, you always seem to find five guys who always seem to just be able to play with each other. You know, whether it be this season or seasons prior, you just kind of have a knack of uh, pushing those right buttons. Well, that's quite a compliment, Shane. I appreciate it. Um... We do have kids that care about each other. We do have kids that are unselfish, and we've been able to put together some good chemistry where, where the kids uh, work hard and play, play well together. You know, I sit here now, I look at this Tiger squad, you know, off to a great start. Eight wins already on the season. A couple of losses as well that have been uh, in some nail biters too. I mean, how do you uh, sum up uh, what you've seen out of your squad so far here as we're pretty much nearing the midpoint of the season? Well, we have the opportunity to be extremely balanced we, we also have the potential to be possibly the best shooting team that i've ever had um i, I think we're sitting slightly above 31 percent as a team uh beyond the arc and and i know we're over 53 percent or right around there from inside the arc but it doesn't seem like we've had everybody on on the same night it's, it seems like it's been uh, one or two, three guys that have played really well, and, and a couple of guys haven't played as well. And the neat thing is, is that we can win without everybody having their best game, but we keep looking and we keep pushing for that night where we get four, five, six, seven guys all playing to their potential, playing the best basketball they can play, and I think we'd be pretty tough on one of those nights. You know, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago I had the opportunity. I was talking with Chris Manning over here uh, from the Northern Tier Sports Report. And, you know, we were talking about your North Penn Mansfield team and more specifically Carson Dominic, who obviously, you know, is starting to really come into his own as a sophomore this year. Uh, you know, we, we look at the senior in Ty Barrett and how great of a scorer he can be. Uh, then we look at Carson and think, you know, does he have like that type of talent to where, you know, he could be the NTLs like next? next really elite score? I, I think there's no doubt. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing you were not at the Tawanda game because I would have seen you. Um, but he he willed his team to a victory in that game. Um, he uh, he made a, a, a really big offensive rebound put back at the buzzer to get that game into overtime. And then in overtime, uh, we had the opportunity to hold for the last shot with a tie ball game. And we executed like we wanted to, got the ball in his hands, got a screen, and he was able to get in the paint and score. He finished with, uh, I believe, 31 points 
I don't have his stat line directly in front of me, but but he had 16 rebounds. It, it was a tremendous effort. Uh, that wasn't his career high for scoring, but it was his career high for rebounds. And I, I think one of the things that Carson does as, as good as anybody is that he moves extremely well without the ball. That's such a great compliment to have, and you know that's kind of something you want uh, out of uh, you know one of your uh, elite players as well. But obviously, you know basketball is uh, a group of five guys on the floor and not just one. So, uh, kind of you know uh, summarize you know some of the guys you've seen in your lineup this year uh, really have either a, a breakout season that uh, maybe you didn't expect, or you know just guys who have played uh, very consistent for you so far this year. Well, obviously, Brody's been huge inside. He's averaging 15 and 12, extremely physical, and he, he takes a pounding in there, obviously, with uh, the matchups he draws and the double teams that he gets. Uh, our senior, our one senior, Eli Shaw, has been really solid. He's averaging uh, seven points a game. He made four straight free throws, two of which were one and one in the overtime to give us a win. So really pleased with his poise and execution down the stretch. Uh, Sam Lawrence is averaging eight points a game. Um, the kids tell me he's top 10 in the state with assists. He's averaging over seven assists a game. Uh, we can't get him to be aggressive enough. I'd like to see him attack the basket more, even so than he does. And uh, Alex Davis is a freshman, and he, he is uh, – He's he's scoring at like a 57% inside the arc, and he's had some tremendous drives and takes, averaging seven points a game. And uh, a lot of these drives and takes have been at critical moments in uh, fourth quarters. So really pleased with his with his effort. You know, Coach, we were talking about uh, the schedule a little bit ago. Obviously, you know, you've touched on uh, this Tawanda game for you and how big of a win, uh, you know, that was just to kind of build the confidence and such. Uh, you've had the opportunity to, you know, see some of the top-tier teams. Obviously, a matchup with Troy uh, still to be uh, had yet as well. But, I mean, how do you uh, see, you know, the, the North Penn-Mansfield Tigers this year uh, stacked up towards kind of that top tier of the league this year? Well, time will tell. We, we, we didn't fare as well as we would have liked with the Wellsboro and the Athens game. The, the Wellsboro game was a, was a one-point game with maybe two and a half minutes to go, and, and, and we didn't get it done over there. We, we got hurt on the offensive glass. You know, credit to them. They, they did a really good job uh, attacking the glass, getting second-chance opportunities. And then we flat-out did not have a good game in our gym against Athens. I think Brody picked up two fouls in the first – under two minutes and he sat a lot of the first half and obviously that hurt us but we, we we struggled and to our credit the kids were able to get the game down from uh 20 points to four points with maybe around three minutes to go in the fourth quarter and then athens just kind of got away from it you know we, we they got away from us so cre credit to them so um would like to think that you know any night we can play with athens we can play with uh wellsboro and we can win, but we came up short the first two times. Uh, fortunately for us, we get another crack at both of them. As, as far as Troy goes, um, you know, we'll find out Wednesday, but the, they probably have the best backcourt in the NTL with Ethan Van Oy and Ty Barrett. And their kids hustle and, and play the game so hard and with so much grit, and they have so much depth. It, it almost feels like you're playing a hockey team with three shifts, and they, they kind of wear a lot of teams down, I believe. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, one of the big things I'm looking forward to here uh, with this uh, matchup coming up with Troy is uh, watching uh, Brody and Mason Imp go at it uh, on the inside. I think that could be uh, one of the bigger battles of uh, big guys this season and uh, definitely uh, you know, something that uh, Brody's going to have to be prepared for because sometimes you just can't prepare for uh, you know, 200 and probably 75, 85 pounds in the middle, I mean, and with the ability to move the way Mason can. Well, it's an excellent 285 pounds. It's something that he's worked really hard at. You know, really proud of Mason and happy for him with the scholarship opportunity that he's getting in football. I know he's worked really hard for that, and I'm really happy for him and his family. As far as keeping him off the glass, it's it's almost impossible. He can box you out without even look like he's moving you or displacing you. He uses his body really well, and uh, I know he uh, he cleans up a lot of buckets underneath. Uh, with with missed shots when 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 Troy does happen to miss. 
which is, uh, you know, a, a good problem to have, I think, if you're Coach Renzi to know that, you know, even if a shot doesn't fall, you've got somebody there uh, to be able to uh, pick things up, which is good. So, I mean, uh, definitely looking forward uh, to a good showdown there uh, coming up this week. And, of course, uh, you know, Kipper, I think, you know, this is uh, kind of that time of the year uh, where everybody is starting to uh, look around District 4 a little bit. Now, uh, how do you see uh, the Tigers kind of uh, – finishing up uh, this regular season here. I mean, what has to go right uh, for you guys for this second half stretch to really put yourselves in the best positioning once districts rolls around? Uh, we got to get better at boxing out. Um, we we got to do a better job just consciously, you know, calling out shot, finding bodies and keeping people off the glass. We've made some giant strides in some other areas, but boxing out is going to be a huge, a huge emphasis. And the other thing, we've done a lot of things creatively to try to keep people out of the paint. And then sometimes it seems like at the end of the game, we're saying we didn't keep people out of the paint. So th those are two things that we really need to work on, keeping people out of the paint and, and, and blocking out and keeping people off the glass and limiting, limiting them to one shot. Having said that, um, almost every game we've played in has been close. So we just need to continue to execute and make plays down the stretch. You know, I'm curious uh, to get you out of here with this one because, you know, I, I'm curious to kind of build off of what you said earlier uh, in this interview. Uh, Kipper, you know, you, you've noted that you don't feel like your team has played its best game yet, that everything hasn't quite clicked uh, all together. When this team uh, clicks all together on the floor, what does that look like in your mind? Well, I think we could be unstoppable offensively. I, I think we have the potential to have you know, four or five perimeter shooters that can knock down shots. And when you can do that, the defenses can't collapse on Brody. Uh, the help defense gets gets penalized every time we skip the ball and knock a shot down. Um, when we get to that point, I think Brody gets more freedom inside. He, he gets more one-on-one -on -one matchups. And I think we can, we can score more points than we currently are and take a little pressure off our defense. Kipper Burley, always good to sit down and talk NTL Boys Hoops action with you. Uh, looking forward to seeing the Tigers a little more here as the second half of the season comes along. And uh, good, look to, or good luck, rather, uh, to you and the guys uh, the rest of the way here. And uh, congrats on a great season so far. Hey, well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate all the coverage that you personally do as, as well as Wiggle 100. It's great for our youth. And I know they and, and I are very appreciative of all your efforts. We really are. Kipper Burley from the North Penn Mansfield Tigers. Always enjoy sitting down with him and a uh, big thanks to him as well uh, for those kind words at the end as well. I want to take a moment and thank the head coach of the Williamson Lady Warriors, Marissa Allen, for taking some time to sit down for the podcast this week. She was a great interview as well. Look forward to uh, talking with her about more hoops uh, as the uh, season goes on and in future seasons as well. She's got things really going over there uh, with that Williamson program. Uh, uh, again, a big thanks to all of you listeners as well for tuning in. Remember, you've got all kinds of social media platforms to follow us as well. Like us on Instagram, Facebook, and of course on Twitter as well at NTL Now Pod on Twitter, at NTL Now Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Remember, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course online at the NTLSports.com website as well. So remember, tell your friends, tell your family. Just tell uh, people you happen to run into on the street, get to the NTL Now podcast, give it some downloads, and uh, definitely love more fanfare the more we can. Hey, we're closing in on the 7,000 downloads mark, so folks, come on, we can get there. I definitely believe we can. All right, you know what? I'd love to sit here and talk more, but folks, I've got a lot of radio coverage to bring this week. Remember, tune in to Wiggle 100. We'll keep you updated on our Facebook page and at wiggle100.com for more information on uh, our upcoming schedule this week as well. Hopefully, uh, we can get all of our contests in. Looking forward to some rivalry basketball and wrestling this week as well on the radio side. All right, folks, again, thank you to all of you for tuning in. This is Shane Wilbur saying so long. Have yourself another great week week of NTL Sports. We'll recap it again in the uh, time to come with a, another episode next week. So join us then. This has been the NTL Now podcast as always an exclusive production of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast.
Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.